Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Hi, everybody. It's me. Real quick before we get into today's amazing episode with Jenny Sansusi, who I know you're going to have a healthy crush on by the end of this episode, I just want to read this week's review of the week. So if you are loving the show, it would be amazing if you could head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Let me know your feedback. Give me a five-star rating, perhaps, and I would love to hear from you. They mean a ton to me. They get more people to the show, and I read every single one of them. So today's review of the week. This one comes from Bragan, and I love all of your support, Bragan. You are a rock star. So she writes, Katie the Great, the Wellness Wonderland is my favorite podcast, no doubt about it. Katie, your voice is so chill, but with an upbeat vibe to it. Thank you, Bragan. I learn new stuff each podcast, and I smile and laugh out loud, shed a tear here and there, and I love the peeps you interview and the fact that I can listen in and be surrounded by their knowledge and love for what they do. Katie girl, I gotta tell you how much you've impacted my life. I think about you every day and smile so big. If you are new to Katie's stuff, then you will love her. So just keep spreading the wealth that she and all of these wonderful people are willing to give us. Thank you so much for leaving that review. It is the most loving thing I've ever read in my life and makes me smile so big. So I am so glad you love the show. I'm so glad that you're all here listening, and I hope you have a lot of fun over the next couple minutes while you listen to this amazing episode with Jenny. So here is this week's episode of the Wellness Wonderland Radio. Welcome back to the Wellness Wonderland Radio, everybody. I am psyched for today's episode because Jenny Sansusi, who basically is just awesome, is here in Wonderland, and I swear, every post she writes from her Instagram to her blog, they just go right in. She speaks right to my soul. I love her voice. She's the publisher of HealthyCrush.com, a wildly successful blog that is actually one of the blogs that inspired me to start Wonderland back in the day. So she's also a health coach with Dr. Frank Glitman and a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition with a certificate in food therapy from the Natural Gourmet Institute. She sends out a rad weekly email called Healthy Highs, providing the most life-enhancing, vibe-raising resources she can find. And my favorite part of Jenny Sansusi is following her adventures in High Vibe Land on her Instagram. She uses Instagram as a mini blog, chronicling her life and seeking out healthy highs throughout her day. Her unique, authentic, and just oh-so-real voice shines through through every post and Instagram and tweet she writes. And yeah, I just I really love your work, Jenny, and you've greatly impacted me personally from 
your advice on you share on your blog, everything from grounded breakup advice to decluttering to breakfast advice to recipes. She's got a little bit, bit of it all over on Healthy Crush. So obviously she lives in her own wellness wonderland. So thank you for stopping by mine today, Jenny. Oh my God, that was the best intro I've ever received. I think we can just end there. <laughs> and I'm super impressed that you could pronounce my last name right. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I've heard it a couple times. I That's probably great. Nobody can do that. So really, nice Whew. work. <laughs> I'm glad I did that. Um, all right, all right. So let's let's jump right in here. So <laughs> let's zoom the lens back, and I would love to get kind of a bird's eye view of your story and um, kind of how you use your personality trait to. Of really being obsessed with things and getting high on the good stuff to show up for your purpose in your life and start your blog and your business. All right. Um, so I guess where things started for me with my blog was about, I guess, about seven years ago. Um, I had moved to New York and I was just like a crazy party girl. I was just, you know, partying out every night. Um, I've always had a super addictive personality. So it's like, go hard or go home with anything I do. So I was always the girl that was, you know, out at the bars till sunrise and just like partying hard and, you know, convincing everybody else to party. And just, it was, it was super nuts. And so, you know, I was deep into the party scene, drugs, alcohol, like just eating poorly, you know, always kind of managing my energy with like tons of caffeine and, and like just, it was kind of just absurd. So, um, at, at one point it got to the point where it was just like taking over my whole life. And I, um, my friend, this guy that my boss at the time, actually, he was friends with Gabby Bernstein, which I know, you know, um, and he, he wanted me to meet her and he, he just thought my partying was out of control. And he said, you know, you really should meet my friend Gabby. She used to party too. And now she just helps people and meditates. And I was like, oh, you know, that's, I'm fine. Like, I don't need to meet your friend who, you know, I didn't even, I, I just kept brushing it off. And then, um, one day I, I just agreed to meet her because it, it got to the point where I just needed help and I realized it. So I met Gabby that night and she became my mentor and I totally cleaned up my act and she was like, why don't you just try to, you know, not drink for like a week and call me every day and don't do any drugs, just, just, just for a week. And so I started doing that and I started calling her every day and we, we were hanging out and she was just kind of mentoring me on this whole new life that was available that I didn't know about. Like, I just thought that, you know, being a party girl was like the way. And it was kind of my identity at that point. So the more I, you know, hung out with Gabby and, and learned from her, the more I realized there were other things where I could direct my energy. And so that was kind of the, the beginning of it. And from that, I got a job at a big um, health website. It's called Everyday Health. And I learned all these things about how, you know, a blog or how a website can be a business. And I learned, you know, all the ins and outs of how to make money online. And while I was there, um, I just started my own blog. And it, it, you know, it's gone through lots of different changes throughout the years. And 
and um, you know, I've I've had very a lot of different iterations of it, but I was able to kind of channel all that energy that I had into something better, and I got super into health and super into you know nutrition and and self help and personal development, and I just went all in with that. So I just kind of transferred all of that addictive energy that I was using for partying and, and put it into something that was actually helping my life and helping people around me. And um, I'm still like that. I'm still very much like an addict in so many ways. And But I try to channel it into, into ways that are more sustainable. That's, That's kind amazing. of the, the nutshell. <laughs> I, I love that story. I think it's it's super cool. So on this, you know, since it's, it's been about seven years, you said um, – and you spoke a little bit about your relationship with Gabby, who, as you know, is a huge guru of mine and mm. talk about her like every day here in Wonderland. So I would love to know after your in the last seven years and how you've kind of evolved as a person, maybe one of the greatest lessons that you've learned from your relationship with Gabby or a favorite, maybe. Um, I think... If there's like one really important thing that I've learned from Gabby is just that I don't have to figure it all out myself. Um, one of the first things that I that I learned, I guess, from her is just to to ask for help when I need it, whether it's like spiritual help or help from other people or um, you know whatever whatever kind of help like you can ask for. I, I just, I used to have this mentality that I had to kind of power through and figure out everything by myself. And I, you know, I was the one that was going to, you know, have control over every outcome. And there was a lot of like manipulation and, you know, trying so hard to, to make things how I wanted them to be. But once you can learn to just release that and believe that everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen and believing in guidance, um, you know, whether it's like God or the universe or spirit guides or whatever, something bigger than you. Um, that was really, really astonishing to me. I remember being like, Oh, how freeing does that feel to, to know that you don't have to always figure it out that you can kind of like take a deep breath, relax and just feel your way through things. If that makes sense. Mm, Yeah, for sure. So going off that, then what are some of the ways that you remember if you ever forget like I know sometimes you know I know that and have learned that so much from Gabby but sometimes in the moment I just forget what are some of your um ways to remind yourself or to tune back in um well I think I always keep you know a a handful of of books near my near my little meditation spot I have this little meditation spot in my bedroom and I have a few a few books that I'll just kind of open and and read a little bit of if I get into that place where I'm like freaking out. Um, Gabby's books are definitely at the top of my pile. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's not right away. Like sometimes I'll forget. And I'll you know be having a freak out, but exercise really helps me so like taking a long walk and listening to music is probably my my biggest thing that I do if I'm in that like freak out mode so no matter what I'm doing and like thankfully I've created a lifestyle for myself that if I do need to go take a walk for an hour I can just do it anytime and um I'll you know listen to music that that kind of raises my vibe like puts me in a better place and I think that usually if we're in like panic mode what we really need to do is just like get into a better feeling state no matter what. It's not like we have to just figure out the problem. It's just getting into that, like, I guess, higher vibrational state so we can see things more clearly. 
Yes, and I know you really um, promote this, and and I do too, and and Gabby as well, but having a go-to playlist, a positive Mm -hmm. perception playlist is super essential and super cool, and I follow you on Spotify, and you've got a bunch of great ones, so we'll post that in the show notes for sure. Cool. Yeah, music, I mean, music is everything it's it's like it can I noticed that with music I can put myself in different moods almost like clockwork it's very weird like I'll listen to my hip-hop playlist if I really want to amp myself up and feel like badass for the day or if I'm feeling like really contemplative or you know really want to you know go into that um more emotional state I have a certain playlist for it and it's like you can just turn on different emotions by the music that you listen to I think it's really powerful so Yeah, and I think, you know, I want to go a little bit deeper into that because this is actually something that is funny, but I I actually learned it from you through a Gabby lecture. So I call them like the vintage Gabby lectures, right? Like (laughs) her old ones that I listened to and like that Mm -hmm. I got into that – that are on iTunes and and she was saying, you know, a really important step especially in this world of spirituality and um self-development is that, you know, you can't just like band-aid fix things with an affirmation. You can't just mm-hmm. like throw an affirmation over a feeling. Like you have to feel it mm-hmm. to move through it, to release it, to change it and shift it. And that was a huge shift for me right there. And for me, music is the only way, I'm sure there's other ways, but for me, the only way to like go there and feel it. And journaling mm-hmm. helps me a lot with this too, but listening to, you know, when you're sad, like allowing yourself to like be sad and feel that first before trying to move on is so crucial. And I think music can really, really help with that. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I've what I've learned is there's like the, what music can really help with in that scenario is sometimes when we have a really strong emotion or a feeling, we feel like we have to do something about it right away. Like we yeah. have to call that person right away when we're in the midst of the emotion or we have to, Email you know, or, yeah, yeah, go make, you know, make the change that we feel like we need to make immediately. But sometimes um, it can be really helpful to just kind of feel through it a little bit. And that's where I always will kind of ask for guidance in that way and be like okay I'm feeling this I'm gonna you know feel through it for a little while and what do I really need to do like does this thing really need to be said to this person right now does it really need to be said in the exact way that I think or can I just kind of like chill with myself and see see what comes out of it when I'm not like in such a heightened emotional state yeah Um, for sure and I think it's like not our nature to do that yeah so you know yeah most people are very reactive and and you know, all of us are, and we'll, we'll, something will happen and we, it's like, we have to take action. Mm -hmm. But, um, the other thing that I, that I have learned just over the past couple of months is that there's a difference between, and I think this is really important, but there's a difference between, um, feeling through the emotions and, you know, using music to help you feel through that versus like wallowing in it for too long. And I've definitely gone through phases where I can, you know, be, be just in this emotional state and letting it like run my whole day. And I think that that's counterproductive to what we're trying to do. Um, so I think, I think it's important to know when to kind of like pull yourself out of it too, if that makes sense. Yes. I'm really, really glad you brought that up because I wouldn't want people to, you know, kind of spin that into the other direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, I've heard this from you or from Gabby or I don't even know, but I think they say, you know, it's 90 seconds to feel a feeling and then you can move through it. And yeah, I always think of that as like 
90 seconds is like about a song I guess it's kind of a short song but like you know listen to one song and just feel it all and then on the next song like release it and just Mm -hmm. be with yourself and then like really like I can just visualize it being gone and that really helps me yeah yeah totally and to catch yourself when you're letting it um when it's when it doesn't it's not actually helping you like when you're when it's taking away from your other other things that you want to be doing. You know, I think it's important to to feel our feelings, but yeah, like not to indulge in it to the point where you're like it becomes a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think music, you know, can just be something that can make you just feel really good. Like to me, and I don't know about you Jenny, like I've never really said this out loud or like talked to anybody about this, but like having a soundtrack to my life and to my day like helps me get out of myself and like look at myself as an observer kind of and um and really like gets me back into the present moment and it can even help with like getting me out of bed like knowing I'm going to be able to like put on a really groovy song and just you know so there's other ways to kind of use music and and for me the best meditations that I have are just a freaking walk you know just like putting on a walk with um a playlist and that can kind of be a time to tune in with myself or even a podcast or just listening to something inspirational um and focusing on that you know so often we're multitasking I think can be super powerful yeah absolutely and it's it can change the way you see the world you know if I walk out my door and I put on my hip-hop playlist like I'm like ready to jam you know yeah um but if I put on some, like, sad music and sit on the subway and, like, look at everyone, it just seems like, the you know, you just, you can just, yeah you can see the world very differently depending on what music, or, yeah, it's a very important part of my life, for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm, so good. So, one of um, your most famous and um, helpful blog posts, honestly, to me was, um, what, well, actually, there's been a lot that have been famous <laughs> and helpful to me, but... Um, you write very authentically on everything from breakups to your breakfast routine, and you're super genuine and real, and you're living your purpose in a really authentic way. And, you know, when I asked you what your biggest lesson from Gabby was, um, if if someone asked me that question, mine would be just to be real and just to be authentic because that's all the world wants from you, you know, as she says. So I think it takes a lot of bravery to share in the way that you do. And, um, for instance, in those, those posts that I mentioned and, you know, just being courageous and to courageous enough to be your authentic self. So how do you handle, um, sharing in such a authentic way in your platforms and and stepping out of your comfort zone? Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, well, one of the things that I feel, you know, before I write one of those posts that I feel like is, I'm kind of exposing something, I feel like, um, it's not even me that, that writes it. I know that sounds super trippy, but I feel like I'm getting a download. Like, I feel like things are coming to me and I have no choice and I start to, they start to write themselves in my head and whatever I'm going through, I, I get this there's this moment where I'm like, oh, the reason you're going through this is because you have to share it. You have to. And it's like, I almost feel like it's selfish if I don't, you know, because I'm like having these realizations and having these experiences. And I'm like, this needs to be, you know, portrayed. And so it could help other people. And the, the breakup blog that I wrote is actually one of the 
most, you know, I don't want to say popular because it's like, what's popular about a breakup? But it's the mo- one of the, you know, highly trafficked right, right. blogs on my site because people are searching for that when they're in pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the people that come across that blog are literally days out of a breakup and feeling like their heart is like falling out of their body and finding something like that when when you're going through that I know that for me whenever I'm having a hard time I'll google things you know how to get through a breakup or whatever and look for tips and people have you know you have to be able to share that stuff stuff authentically so I, I picture those people you know the people that are going through the same thing as I'm going through and I'm like they need to me. have resources you know and yeah I mean, that's one of the reasons I started a blog is because I would read blogs so much and every time that I wanted help with something or wanted to hear someone's experience, I would always Google it and someone's blog would always come up and I was like, you know, thank God for these people that are that are blogging because what would I do? And so I was like, I need to pay it forward and um, yeah, I think that I think that when you feel that way, when you when you realize that there's people out there that, that just want to relate to somebody and know that what they're going through isn't you know, them by themselves, it's more of a, you know, universal suffering. And you can kind of use that to help people lift out of it. It's, it's like, you don't really have a choice, but to share it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why blogs are so cool is because they're not perfect. They're people sharing real stuff about their life and going deep and, um, at least the good ones, you know, at least the ones that I want to read and at least yeah. the ones that are successful. I think you, it's kind of a non-negotiable to be mm. real and to be authentic if you want to have a good blog or really, you know, anything that you do, honestly. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people are, are very reserved about things that they, they kind of feel are not um, – the positive experiences or, you know, like people talk about Facebook a lot and how people are only posting happy things on Facebook and it becomes this whole, like, you feel bad about yourself if you're going through something that's not the ideal scenario or whatever. So I think it's important to get people, you know, realizing that we all go through stuff and, you know, no matter how perfect someone's life might seem on Instagram or on Facebook, like we're all going through emotions and we all have hard times and if we can really kind of you know, support each other through that instead of making it this thing that you're not supposed to talk about. That's, that's where it's at. Mm, So good. So good. Um, okay. So now I want to get personal with you and the girl behind, um, your healthy crushes. Oh boy. (laughs) So right now, what are your, maybe like Top two or three healthy crushes that you just can't get enough of right now? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, okay, so right now I'm super obsessed with Barry's Boot Camp. That's like my health, my biggest healthy crush right now. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Barry's Boot Camp, but it's this... Only like, from ins- your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's this insane workout. Um, I know they have it in different cities, but I just started it within the last couple months, but it's so fun. And I usually don't like to go to like, um, gym type experiences or like lifting weights or anything like that. But, and I've had personal trainers before and it's nothing has ever stuck with me, but this is so awesome because it's like dark and like the lights are, are, are like red lights and there's club music. Like they'll play like awesome music and the trainers are all like super sexy and it's it's like the most fun thing I've ever done so I'll go there you know for an hour 
and you you run on the treadmill like you're sprinting up hills on the treadmill and then you're like doing these weight things and you're switching and it's really fast and they call it like they're like oh this is the best workout in the world who knows if that's true but it's really fun and um that's I like get really excited to go so I'm I'm really happy about Barry's boot camp right now <laughs> wow so it's kind of like spinning with like treadmills and like there's so there's yeah. a teacher and a class oh that's yeah. sweet I want to when I visit it's, New York I'm gonna go with you oh my god September. please come because it is so yeah. fun it's so so fun it sounds super I mean I need to start like training it's yeah and by intense, and but. it goes by quickly and and by the end you're like whoa I just worked out for an hour and I just sprinted you know up this like 12% incline and did all these weight things and you just feel so good afterwards. I never thought I would like that kind of workout, but um, they got a really good method going on over there. <laughs> it sounds fun. I want to do it and then we'll go to Hugh Kitchen. It sounds like a blast. <laughs> uh, yes, Hugh Kitchen is definitely another healthy crush. There we go. Perfect. Transition. <laughs> um, Hugh Kitchen is... Um, you probably sure you know everything about it because I post about it so much. But the reason that I'm really into Hugh Kitchen is because they're super neurotic um, about all the ingredients that go into their food. So from the oils to you know the type of salt to the type of water they use to, to like making sure that the meat is all you know organic or grass fed or they're very 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 particular and I, when I met the owner of Hugh Kitchen I was like you are speaking my language because I'm so perfectionist about things like yeah. I will investigate down to the last ingredient and I mean not not at every restaurant that I go to of course like you can't control everything but if I have if I have a say in what's gonna go into my body I will I will um you know speak up yes so when I, I think- when I met him I was like oh my god you're you're this is amazing like there needs to be more places like this because, yes, you know, he um, they're very, very, very particular about about what goes into the food. So I just respect that about them. And I think that more restaurants should get on board yes. and be be more um, be more careful with the things that they're bringing in, because it's it's when you when you're you know making food for people on such a mass scale like that, it's so easy to bring in mm-hmm. crappy ingredients just because it's cheaper. But I think it's hurting people in the long run. So it makes me happy when restaurants care about that stuff. Oh, for sure. And it's so nice to. It's also you know making all your food for yourself is amazing and great. And you know that's cooking is such a spiritual experience. And like that's all well and good. But there is something to be said for having food prepared for you and having that convenience factor. And it's so nice to, you know, walk into a place and know, like, there's no canola oil up in this joint, you know, and like, you can feel calm knowing that you're still being nourished in the way you would choose if you were cooking for yourself, but you're getting that convenience. And, um, you know, I hope that more places all across the country, you know, I I love that New York kind of takes the lead, but all across the country, um, get to, get to kind of follow in Hugh's footsteps. It's, it's super cool. Maybe we'll get one here in Detroit someday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it's nice to see people kind of taking a forward thinking approach when it comes to that, because I think, honestly, I think cooking at home is obviously the best way to go because you can, you know, make sure you're getting the best ingredients and choosing everything that you're putting into your body. But it's nice to know that there's some places that you can go when you're out and still feel safe. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So do you have a third thing that's like really on your mind right now? A healthy crush? What is on my mind? A third thing that's been on my mind. You know what? This is so crazy sounding, but lately, just in the past couple of weeks, and maybe you've noticed this on my Instagram too, but I'm super obsessed with 
street art, like oh, yeah. looking for, um, I don't even actually look for it. I just come across like inspirational graffiti all the time. And I was thinking about it. I was like, why, you know, why am I, um, like, so like spending so much time like Instagramming all this inspirational graffiti, but it's, it's just that when you're really present, when you're walking around and you're really present, you notice things that you wouldn't normally notice. And so whenever I'm, I'm like walking with people and I'm noticing all of these things and other people aren't noticing, I'm like, why is that? It's because I'm just paying attention. And I think that um, it's kind of like when you look for, when you're paying attention to the love and positivity that's in the world, like it will present itself to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm always like noticing when there's, when there's inspirational quotes or hearts or things all around the city and there's so many of them around the city. And if you just take the chance to, to notice, um, and like pick out the positive things, it's kind of like the same thing as having gratitude Mm -hmm. is, you know, picking out the positive things in your life. Um, one of my friends was just telling me the other day that he has been starting every single day with writing down three things that he's grateful for and he's doing it for 30 days and it has to be three different things every single day. So you can't pick the same things. And he's like, it's transforming my entire life. So it's kind of the same concept I feel like is, is noticing noticing what's beautiful, noticing what's good and then being able to you know, share that. It's just making me really happy. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And and it's so true. It's like, you know, it's all there. We just have to open our eyes to it, which is the mm-hmm. same concept as gratitude. And I love what your friend's doing. I actually, I do that with um, two of my friends. You may know um, Addictive Daughter, Joey and, and Persia, but and the people who are listening, they, I had them on the show. But they, um, the three of us are in a little, like, text chat, and every day we send each other three gratitudes, and um, they have to be different. And it's kind of nice to have that um that friendship connection to not only hold yourself accountable for doing it, but then that you know they have to be different, you know, because it's really easy to be like, I'm grateful for my dog, the sun, yeah. and my <laughs> shoes, you know, like, yeah. like it could be the same every day. So um, so that's a tip, you know, for people if they want to just yeah. get a little gratitude group going and their text messages, or I guess you could do it on email, but we all get so many emails. But yeah, I mean, whatever right. works for you, just, just do it. <laughs> yeah, and I read this thing, I think it was on Danielle Laporte's Instagram the other day and it was like if you're obsessing over something distract yourself with gratitude Mm. and I was like that is so good because I so frequently get into these states of mind where I'm obsessing over a certain thing and it's totally taking away from being grateful for the good things I do have in my life and then when I start to think about all the all the good things that are going on and the good people that I know and like just the beautiful friends and you know it's it, it's overwhelms me with gratitude and it's kind of like whatever I was obsessing about seems so small yeah yeah I totally agree when I go to sleep at night I um I instead of counting sheep I count kind of like gratitude but I count three things that went well the day that just happened and mm. um that has been really helpful for me because what I used to do was count the things that went wrong you know I didn't mean to mm, but I would yeah. be like oh, that really sucked, or tomorrow I have to do that, or blah, blah, blah. And going to bed with that energy is very, very different than going to bed with the energy of focusing on the good, and, you know, it creates more of the good. So that's yeah, another Yeah, totally agree. Do. Yeah, and the, the going, before you go to bed thing is really important because I've noticed um, lately, within the past week or two, I've been 
like bringing my phone into bed with me and like texting people like until I until like the moment that I need to close my eyes and go to sleep and it's really affecting the quality of my my sleep and the quality of my energy and my thoughts and so I decided to start turning my phone off or like putting it somewhere else you know for an hour before I go to sleep and that makes such a big difference Mm. to just either read or like you said like focus on gratitude or just do something calming um I really think people underestimate how much being on our phone so much affects everything including our health you know yes so much and um and I don't, I'll, I don't know if you know Sean Stevenson, Jenny, mm-hmm. but he was, mm-hmm. um, when he was on the podcast, he talked a lot about sleep and kind of really shifted my paradigm with, with, she, with sleep. And, um, and since then, I, I got the, the Philips wake-up light, and I took my phone out of the bedroom, and it was super trippy. Like, I was used to it being my alarm. I was used to it being my, like, music before bed, but I, like, keep it outside of my room and you know I don't have that blue light before bed and um and it's like there's some nights where all I want to do is like be like oh but I just want to go and like scroll through Instagram a little more check yeah check Jenny's Instagram you know (laughs) it's super addicting yeah it is and then I realized like really forcing myself to keep it outside of the room like was really really great and then this might sound silly or might just show how addicted I am to my phone but whatever in the morning I'm really excited to go check it and it's like this new exciting thing in the morning so I don't know it like kind of helps me get out of bed to go and like get my phone so I I know know I mean yeah if you keep your phone by your bed and are constantly checking it like I was you know, I'll get to the point sometimes where I'll wake up and, you know, in the middle of the night and you can't fall back asleep and I'll just like look at my phone. And this is, that is not, (laughs) it's not conducive to, um, having good energy the next day. That's for sure. But one of my, one of my, um, biggest things that's happened is my roommate bought us both, um, clocks, like actual clocks that sit on our bedside tables. So we can, we don't have to like look at our phone to know what time it is and it seems like such a simple thing but it's changed so much for me just not opening my phone to check what time it is because then you see like all the notifications and all the texts and it totally can derail your sleep yeah and they say that blue light is like really bad for us before bed anyway so yeah and in general I think just looking at phones too much my eyes will will hurt if I'm looking at my phone for too long and I'm like this is not natural yeah (laughs) or the computer all of it (laughs) yeah yeah, totally. For sure. So. <laughs> um, well, good. Kind of going off of that same thing. So um, this is my favorite question to ask people. And those people listening know I ask everyone who comes on the show. And I'm so excited to ask you, Jenny. So can you walk us through your morning routine and the specifics um, of how you get started in the morning and maybe like the first three things you do and how that affects how the rest of your day goes? Yes. I can absolutely walk you through that. And um, it does make a big difference. If I do my morning routine or not, it really changes everything. So the first thing I do um, when I wake up on an ideal day is I make a pot of yerba mate. It is, I mean, I'm still a total caffeine addict, but having the yerba mate for some reason, it's it doesn't affect me in, in like really the same way as coffee. It, it gives me this really uplifting energy. Um, it, it's my favorite thing. So I do that and I'll bring my, my little cup of yerba mate into my bedroom and I have a, a pillow on the floor 
and it's right under my window and it's my little you know morning routine meditation pillow and so I will get out my journal and I do morning pages and so I'm sure you're familiar with morning pages yes amazing um from the artist's way which is like the most life-changing book in the world um so I'll just write and um, I have to give myself a limit because I can get, if I don't have anything that I need to do or be at in the morning, I'll sometimes just keep on writing and then I'm like, whoa, how is it like 10 o'clock? Yeah. But um, <laughs> so I'll write and usually I'll try to write like three to four pages and just get everything out that is bothering me. And sometimes it's it's simply a to-do list. Sometimes it's, you know, me like really working through an emotion or writing down a dream that I had or just just like what is stressing me out you know um it's like a a brain drain you know you can just get get out everything and so that always really helps me because one of the things I notice is that my morning pages usually start out like kind of negative just like I'm tired I'm feeling anxious blah 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 this is what's going on here's all the things that, that I have to focus on in my life and but then by the end, I get to this place of positivity for some reason where I just start asking for help. And I'm like, you know what? Actually, like, I can figure this out. And, you know, I want to have a miraculous day. And I can, here's what I need to do to do that. And let's get started. And I, I just, I transform my thoughts. Yes. And that's really, really, really important. And I'm always, you know, saying thank you at the end like thank you for guiding me through this day thank you for you know whoever I'm talking to I don't even know but I'm like just thank you whoever's out there listening right now whoever's guiding me through the day let's like do this together and let's make it make it good and um so the morning pages is really really important to me so um ideally also exercise in the morning is really really important Uh, My whole day is transformed if I go for a run in the morning. So, like, doing the yerba mate and then writing my morning pages and then going for a run, I mean, that's, like, setting me up for ecstasy, for Mm -hmm. sure. High-vibe day. Yeah, high-vibe day. And then, I mean, now I'll do Barry's Boot Camp, which is a little different, but, um, you know, running with my music in the morning is – or walking, you know, whatever. Getting – moving in the morning at some point is is really, really important. And. Other things that that are really good in the morning for me is sometimes to do just some creative writing, like if you have time, and um, because that's when a lot I feel like my mind is most open in the morning and most available. Yes, yeah. So I'll get like better downloads at that point, and you know if I can if I can do all of those things in the morning, it's kind of like whatever happens the rest of the day is fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree that the morning pages, like I call it my morning dump. Like if I don't get that out. I can't I I don't know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing. Mm-hmm. So um so it's really helpful and I loved it. It's so true. I I never thought of it that way, but yeah, it always starts negative and then shifts to the positive and um and you know, I notice for me that sometimes it can be like something I never want anyone to see. Sometimes it can be something that I turn into a blog post. It just yeah. kind of depends on um on the day and, and, and what's coming up. But I think it's such a crucial practice for people to get into and just so transformational. And, um, and I know for me too, you know, if I do in the morning, I definitely feel most creative, most intuitive in the morning. And if I do just one thing that moves me in the direction of my dreams before, Mm -hmm. for me in my case, you know, before I go to work or before I, you know, start my day with whatever I'm doing, um, just one thing, you know, to build my business or to whatever it is, um, at least 
I'll have done that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I don't get to anything else in the day, I'll still feel accomplished in some way. And I recently heard this TED Talk. Um, I have no idea who it was. I listened to so many. But it was about the fact that willpower is actually a limited resource. And that through your day, if you spend your willpower on, you know, getting done Excel spreadsheets or cleaning the bathroom or, you know, they might be really important things you actually need to do. But if you expend your willpower on those things, and some days you have to, you're going to have less willpower for the creative things that you really want to do but still require willpower later in the day. So if you can use your willpower wisely throughout the day, I think that um, that was just really, really um, a big that just affected me when I heard that. So I just wanted to share that. No, that's really interesting. And that's something that I think a lot of um, creative people and entrepreneurs and, you know, everyone struggles Mm -hmm. with is thinking we can do everything in one day and thinking that we can be superhuman and accomplish all the things we want to accomplish and, you know, write that blog and clean the whole apartment and, and figure out these things for your friend's party or whatever you need to do like all these things that you can but you're right like we can't always have the energy to do do all of those things at once and sometimes I mean I know myself I get down on myself if I you know have this like superhuman to-do list and then I can't do all of it because I just get tired or I just don't have the energy for it but you're right like just picking the most important things and getting them done early I think is is the key yeah and you know they say like with entrepreneurs to you know, do things in the morning. And, and maybe that's not, you know, that that can't be, it depends on where you are in your life, if you have a bridge job or whatever. But I think, you know, for me, like I said, I just feel better if I if I try. And just know mm-hmm. yourself, you know, it's like some people mm-hmm. might not be like Jenny and I, and um, they may be more creative in the evening. And, you know, and that's cool too. But just, just know yourself. I think that's important. Totally. And like when those creative, I mean, in my experience, the creative bursts come at unexpected points sometimes. So I always just trust, you know, even if it's been two weeks since I've written a blog, like I trust that the creative energy will flow through me when it, when it needs to, and everything gets written that needs to be written. And, um, just kind of like trusting that even if, you know, you can't get the creative work out in the day that you plan to get it out, that it will, it will come through you. And I think a lot of, a lot of it is setting yourself up for it to come through you, like eating the right foods and moving your body and getting in the right mindset and surrounding yourself with things that inspire you. And, um, someone said to me the other day, I was in Portland, um, for this entrepreneurial conference a couple of weeks ago. And someone said to me, you know what I've learned is that you can create inspiration. Like you can make your inspiration come. Like if you're Whoa. not feeling, I know. And I was like, yeah. what do you, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you know, there's days when I really want to feel inspired, but I'm not. And I used to just be like, okay, I'm just not going to work today. But now she's like, I can set myself up. Like I know that if I, you know, go for a walk, I'll be inspired. Or I know if I watch a certain YouTube video, it really inspires me. Or I know if I, you know, so true. talk to a certain person. So you can kind of craft or like eat a certain way in the morning to craft like the energy that you're going to yeah. feel later that day and know that you can kind of, um, like lure the inspiration towards you. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And, and just, I haven't thought of it that way, but I can definitely relate. Mm-hmm. 
And I think- and that's like one of um, Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way. She talks about going on artist dates. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, taking yourself out somewhere alone to a place that inspires you, whether it's like to go look for graffiti or, you know, my roommate went ice skating on a Wednesday at three o'clock when she really had all this other work to do. But she was like, you know what? I need to get some inspiration right now. So I'm going to go ice skating. And, you know, she did it and she came back and busted out some great work. So yeah, it's like whatever you need to do. Yeah. If some people go to movies like Don yeah. Draper. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I heard, I think it was, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's Ted talk where she talks Mm -hmm. about some important poet that I don't remember, but she says that she would go out. It was like this beautiful quote that I'm going to butcher, but essentially she would be like, sometimes the poem comes and it comes into my mind and I'm like out in the field and I don't have time to catch it and, it's gone, but I know it's okay because another one will come or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think that that um, kind of speaks to that point as well. Yes. Is that the, the video? That we're, it's like something about genius. Like it's Yes. Like it's, yes, that video is amazing. I, I know. need to go Isn't rewatch so that. Yeah, yeah, we should watch it after this. It's I'll put it so, in the show so notes. Good. But no, I, I believe that certain minds are just ripe for the creative ideas. And I mean, the way that I look at it is that these creative ideas aren't just owned by us. Like they're in the, yes, I mean, for lack of better yeah. terms, like collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And if you set yourself up to be the receiver of these ideas, you'll get them. And you, you know, in my opinion, it's like kind of your obligation to put them out into the world or else like someone else will or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, that's why I feel like my writing is not is not me. You know, it's 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 a download that I'm yep. getting, and it's like, all right, let's put this out. You know, because yeah, I've yeah. been like chosen, I guess, to to say this. No, it's whatever. So true. And I think it's Marie Forleo who says, you know, by you not sharing or you not get doing your business, you're robbing the world from your gifts, and yes, you know, that's powerful. Yes, and and the thing is that we all have these these gifts and these teachings, and. I heard something the other day from from a guy at this at this conference that I went to and he said, you know, me and me and one of my friends, we had the exact same skill set and we had the exact same level of knowledge, but the only difference was that he was sharing it and I wasn't. So he, mm-hmm. you know, garnered this whole audience of people that was being really helped by the work and this other guy was, you know, not sharing it. And he's like the only difference between someone who is, you know, successful in their creative career versus someone who isn't is they're just sharing and we all have it. You know, we all have something to share. So it's just about um just about expressing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, so good. So the other end of my morning routine question is your evening routines. Can you walk us through what you do in the evening and maybe like the last few things you do before bed and things you do to relax? Yes. Well, you know, I've been very, very blessed over the past year to, I know I keep mentioning my roommate, but I've been very blessed to live with um, a person who she she and I are totally kind of on this journey together and literally almost every night unless one of us is out doing something else we have what we call our couch chats and so we will bring kind of whatever has happened to us during the day and and each of us will kind of tell each other what happened and then we'll get like a learning out of it so we'll we'll work through everything and figure out you know what's the lesson in this like what we we're we're super yeah it's totally coachy and it's totally like self-helpy but um we will we will work through it all and kind of get to a place where we realize like why these things happened or what we need to do next and 
It has been the most incredible experience just having having this person in my life to to kind of give my give my daily download to. So it's our couch chats and we're we're constantly having epiphanies like every night and so I'll go to bed being like thank you so much you know thank you so much for listening and I think so whether or not you have a roommate or you know a partner or someone to to kind of go over things with I feel like communicating and and sharing your experience with someone or you know listening to someone is one of the most therapeutic things that can happen and um, just getting all of that stuff out, especially before bed, I think is really helpful because you're not taking all of it with you. Yeah. So I think whether it's like writing it down or speaking with someone about it, that has, it's really, you know, it's my saving grace. And when my roommate and I are, are traveling or we're, you know, home for the holiday or something, we're like, oh my gosh, we need epic couch chats after this because there's so much, <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, so that's really, that's a big part of my life right now. Um, I and love then a, that. <laughs> do you need a third roommate <laughs> i know seriously it's it's really fun it's like sleepover party over here but um yeah she's a fantastic and then um besides that i mean things that really help me to wind down is i never am like watching tv or anything i try not to go on my computer at night either i mean my phone is another thing because it's like if people are texting me i'll i'll get involved in that <laughs> but um um, drinking tea at night is a really a big one that can calm me down. So um, I really like ginger tea or peppermint tea. Those those are re- or detox tea. Um, those are are really nice ones to just sit with. And um, so the couch chats, drinking tea. Sometimes I'll read before bed, and I try not to read something that's too involved. Like I won't read a business book or something before bed, but um, I read Oriya a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. the author Oriya, but she her stuff is the most amazing. I mean, she is like we call her our den mother over here because <laughs> we're like, what would Oriya tell us to do right now? <laughs> well, I'm gonna have um, to check her out. Yeah, she wrote this book uh, called The Invitation, based on this famous poem, The Invitation, and then she also has two other books called The Dance and the call and they're just they're very um soothing and she's just brilliant and so i'll read oriah before bed to to get me in a in a calm state before going to sleep cool i'm so excited to check her out yes you i mean you're gonna love her she's just (laughs) incredible she's absolutely incredible her and her and Brene brown to me are like are those these women that are just like they're just getting there they're just going there they're they're cutting deep and they're authentic and vulnerable yeah yeah, it's it's amazing so Mm. yeah cool super cool so okay i have a couple food questions for you okay so can you talk a bit about your personal diet and kind of how it's changed since you've been on this path and um, how it's important not to get stuck in one way of eating or way of living and how it's all constantly pretty fluid. Yes, absolutely. So when I, I know the first book that got me interested in oh, nutrition yeah. was Skinny Bitch. Oh my God, that's so funny. I, me too. I listened to it in college on audiobook. Yes. And then the, oh, that part oh. on those chickens and you're like, I know, I know. And tears and like, yes. Exactly. So New Year's Day 2008, my my friend um, that lived down the street from me, she was like, do you want to go vegan with me for 30 days? And I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. As I was eating this like ham and cheese omelet at a diner, <laughs> I was like, no way. And she was like, how about this? Read this book, Skinny Bitch, and then tell me if you'll do like a 30-day vegan 
experiment with me and I was like fine just because it's called skinny bitch and I thought that was like edgy and cool I'll read it um so I read it and I was like oh my god like I'm a vegan now (laughs) it was like life changing that'll do it (laughs) so I became a vegan and um that went on for a really long time and I um started eating everything vegan and I was eating you know tofu every day and soy meat and soy cheese and I was like it's healthy soy lattes so much soy and um and anything that was vegan like I was fine with and I thought it was like super healthy so um that was like my meals would be basically like tofu and brown rice with you know vegetables and soy sauce and that was I, I thought I was like the healthiest soy person alive soy. <laughs> exactly and you know I didn't even think about anything except for whether or not it was vegan and um so at that time I you know I just was obsessed with like not touching meat or dairy ever and and that was um that was my how I got interested in health which was actually a good thing because I started researching more and more and then I found um the raw food, like the raw vegan diet. And I, I found David Wolf and started getting into his stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to be a raw vegan. (laughs) I I need to be raw. And that's actually how I, I got started blogging too, because I was researching all the stuff online about how to do a 30 day raw vegan experiment. (laughs) And I found this guy's blog, Steve Pavlina, and he had done a 30 day raw experiment and documented all of it. So I, you know, followed his every move on that blog and he's the one that really inspired me to to get started blogging. So I was like, this is so cool. This is the kind of stuff I want to be doing. I want to be able to experiment and and show people like what the deal is because his his stuff was so helpful. Anyway, so I did a I did raw vegan for a, a while. Um and my my boyfriend at the time had done like a raw vegan diet for like 8 months. And so he helped me a lot with, you know, figuring out what I could eat. And, um, so that was, that was fun. And it was about the time where I was kind of like vegan, raw vegan that I applied or that I enrolled at IIN, um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I was just like obsessed with, you know, being vegan and <laughs> all this stuff. And David Wolf, I was just like his biggest fan, <laughs> and, which is fun. Cause now we're friends, but, um, so I went to IIN, and through the IIN program, I, I learned that there's not just one diet that's right. And before I went into that program, like, I could just argue you down a rabbit hole about yeah. why you should be vegan and why a raw vegan diet is absolutely the most healthy thing for everybody. That's what I thought. Um, um, so the, going through IIN, I realized the concept of bio-individuality, which yes. is, you know, everybody is different and, you know, what works for one person might not work for the other person. And, you know, if you're going to do this specific type of diet, you really have to, you know, listen to your body. And that was something that I never even, like, <laughs> considered, which is so crazy, but yeah. listening to my own body and how it felt and maybe raw vegan diet isn't the best. I don't know. Um, so the concept of of really paying attention to your body versus paying attention to like some type of dogma um, 
was really life-changing for me. And I think, especially when I started health coaching, I realized that most people don't know how they feel when they eat certain things. Like I would say, oh, well, how do you feel when you have oatmeal for breakfast versus when you have eggs? And they'd be like, I I don't know. Like I just thought like that I was supposed to have oatmeal or that people get these ideas in their head and they like people really want to be told what to do. And they're, they're much more likely to be, to follow, you know, myself included, to follow some type of plan rather than, intuitively listening to what's going on. Um, so through, through IIN, I started just experimenting with different ways of eating and I started adding a little bit more like eggs and fish back into my diet. So, um, I guess I was like, you know, vegan except for eggs and fish, um, for a while. And so that, that was interesting. And then I did my blood type and I figured out I was type O. So I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to have meat. And, you know, so I've gone through all these different experiments and then, and then working for Dr. Lippman, when I started working for him, I think I had been vegetarian for years aside from having some fish once in a while. Um, but then he started, I started learning a lot from him about, about the ways that are, you know, to eat healthy and, he would order Hugh kitchen food and there would be this organic chicken sitting in the, in the kitchen at, at the office. And I would just look at it and be like, I kind of wanted it. <laughs> and I was like, just listening to Frank talk about, um, you know, the healthy ways to eat meat and, you know, knowing where it came from and all of that. So I was like, all right. So one day I just like kind of snuck into the kitchen and got like a little bit of chicken <laughs> and brought it to my desk and I ate it. And I was like, oh, okay. That wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> now the way that I eat is, um, like, you know, Frank, you know, Dr. Lippman at his office were big, big fans of, of paleo, a paleo way of eating. And it's not to say to bring meat back into the diet, but more because in the paleo way of eating, they're really big on cutting out sugar and, um, sugar and gluten. And, you know, paleo cuts out all grains, but really like what, what we focus on at Dr. Lippman's office is cutting out sugar, gluten, and dairy. But I would say sugar and gluten are, you know, the most, the biggest things that we see make such a big difference for people. Um, so right now, like, I don't, I don't really, I'm not saying like I follow a super specific like plan all the time, but I lean towards more of the paleo way of thinking which is just like very minimal grains, like staying away from sugar as much as possible. Dairy is like very rare part of my life. Um, but a lot of the times like I could go, I could be vegan for a few days and not notice and then like have fish one day or have eggs. And, but I think for me, the biggest impact, um, is the sugar. And I think, um, regardless of whether you're a plant eater or a meat eater or whatever, um, lowering the amount of sugar that you have in your diet is, is going to make a lot of big, big changes health wise. And so, you know, digestive things and skin things and autoimmune disease. And there's just so many things that, that are, um, affected by having too much sugar. So I don't know. I hope that answers your question. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. And (laughs) uh, just a couple of things I want to highlight from it are just bio-individuality exists and Mm -hmm. it's such a perfect, that was such a perfect story depicting that. And I think, you know, it's so funny, Jenny, that literally like mirrors my story completely like Mm -hmm. just so funny you know it was skinny bitch and then raw vegan and then Kimberly (laughs) Snyder's but you know what I mean and it's like whatever it is it's like everybody kind of needs to just we tend and I know for myself I just I looked at someone who seemed to be thriving and I was just like tell me what you do and I'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. but that's Mm -hmm. not 
the way to do it. And that's not healthy. And I think, um, you know, that's the danger in books and blogs and these people. They're all writing from their experience. And I think it's really important for us to realize that. And, you know, I looked now at, like, I think vegan's a stepping stone. Like, when people Mm -hmm. tell me they're vegan, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Like, you'll see. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to just wait. Like, maybe that is great for them. But, like, Maybe not, too. And just being so stuck in any particular way of eating or living is just – that's that's what's unhealthy. And I think yeah. the sugar piece is also also really huge. And, um, you know, Sarah Wilson talks about even fruit is – it used to be used as a treat. And now mm. we kind of looked at fruit as like, oh, it's healthy. I'll have it 20 times a day. But I think looking at even the fruit um, – and, again, that's a stepping stone. Like – Fruit is great compared to, like, you know, cookies all day, you know. So it's, like, just figure out where you're at and, like, that's totally cool. But just keep in mind that these things are treats and just to um, just focus on, on what makes you feel good and focus on what your body likes. I think that's really huge. Yeah, and I think, you know, for most people, especially in America, if they just cut out processed packaged yes. foods, it's going to be the biggest thing you could do, you know. Yes. So whether or not it's, like – vegan paleo la 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 it's like just Doesn't matter. eat food that's yep. food you know like that's what bothers me the most i mean i can get <laughs> super fired up but what bothers me the most is when people are eating like processed crap because they think it's healthy like i don't care if you like yes. want to eat that processed food and you really like it or something but don't yes. eat it because that's what you think is the healthiest thing like weight watchers ice cream bars or something you know like those kind yes. of things it's like come on like don't eat it for health reasons, you know? Yes, yes. Um, so that's what, that's what um, if I could, you know, spread the gospel of one thing, it would be to just eat things that are actual foods, and that's going to be the healthiest thing that you can do. Yes, eat real food, mostly <laughs> yeah. plants, not too yeah. much, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so real quick, I want to talk about breakfast, and okay. that is because one of my favorite posts you ever wrote really kind of shifted things for me is a technique that you use um, for digestion and giving your body a break a little bit. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Yes. So I I wrote a blog, I mean, maybe it was last summer or something about intermittent fasting and it got a lot of, you know, a lot of feedback (laughs) both ways. And at the time, I was getting super into the concept of intermittent fasting, which there's different ways that you can do it. But the way that I was doing it then was um, the 16-8 method, which is, you know, there's an eight-hour period of time where you can eat, and then you take 16 hours without eating. I think that's that's how it works. Um, meaning, like, you know, if you stop eating at 9 o'clock p.m., you wait 16 hours before you have, like, your first meal of the next day. And that can actually be pretty extreme for a lot of people because it basically means skipping breakfast altogether and waiting till lunch. Like, most of the time, that's what it means. Um, So for a while, I was doing that, and it really was helping me because before that, I would always be eating breakfast, and sometimes, like, I would get, you know, sluggish after eating breakfast or it just, like, didn't feel good or I felt like my food from the night before was, like, not fully digested and I was, like, eating breakfast on top of that and it just didn't feel good. So doing the intermittent fasting really um, 
gave me like hunger cues. Like it made me realize when my body was actually asking for food and when I was just eating because it was like time to eat. And um, so now what it's taught me is I don't still do like for a while I was like super religious, 16 hours and blah, blah, blah. But now what I'll really do and, you know, everyone's different. But what I usually do is just wait until I feel like my body is kind of clear and ready for the next meal. And um, I think it's a good tactic to do at every meal of the day is to not just eat because it's time to eat, but to eat because you can feel that your body is asking for nourishment and um, that it feels energizing and good to, to be eating rather than just eating and, you know, causing digestive problems because you're eating too much or just too frequently. Um, so the way I do it now, I mean, lately I've been doing um, bulletproof coffee in the morning, and that's kind of a whole other story because coffee is like this crazy, I have a crazy relationship with coffee, but um, having coffee with MCT oil in it, and MCT oil is um, basically the medium chain triglycerides that are in coconut oil, which are like the most beneficial um, you know, part of the coconut oil is extracted and put into this super concentrated oil. So it gives you a lot of energy, but it also is burned really quickly for, um, like not stored as fat in your body. So people are blending this MCT oil into their coffee as kind of like uh, something to give your body some fats in the morning to start burning as energy, but not, you know, overburdening your digestive system with a huge meal. Mm. That was, kind of, that was kind of no, a lot. No, that I'm. I really love the way that you you spoke about that, and that it can again just be really chill. And um, and the coffee sounds super high vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, co- coffee is an insane thing that some people can have a, an abusive relationship with, including myself. So I have to check myself at the door with coffee once in a while. But um, but yeah. So I think with with the breakfast thing, like if I'm hungry in the morning, I'll make a smoothie or I'll have some eggs or something. If I'm not hungry, I'll just kind of wait until I feel hungry. And I think that's yeah, that's kind of reasonable. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I do it too. And I think uh, you know, it's just not being dogmatic with any one thing, just in general, regardless mm. of what it is. Yeah, totally. Yes, because I love experimenting. I love going through phases and, and sharing that and yeah. saying, like, I don't know if this is going to be my whole life. I don't yes. know. Like, But it's kind of cool to just try something, especially when it's something that you feel very connected to or that, like, you have to do something a certain way. If someone's like, well, you have to eat breakfast because you just have to. That's what they said on the Today Show, that you have, <laughs> have to eat breakfast. And it's like, okay, but have you ever even considered trying not to and seeing how you feel? Maybe you feel awful and then you know. But people... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times people um, don't know how they actually feel. And yes. I think it's important to find out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. And just to, we'll move on from this converse, this breakfast conversation. But I know for me, you know, I was kind of doing that anyways. Like I just wasn't mm-hmm. really hungry in the morning. And I was, I noticed that like before I ate in the morning, I felt um, this you know, may be heady for people, but like I felt clear and I felt more creative and I didn't feel weighed down and I could get more done. And then, you know, I'd eat and, and go throughout my day. And you just kind of, by learning from your post, it kind of put a name onto what I was doing already. But again, not being dogmatic about it, like not setting alarms and not, you know, whatever, just, just something to consider and might be, might be new for people. So I'm glad we talked about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. So ready for some quick fire questions? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right, go. let's do it. Let's go. All right, favorite color? Green. 
Favorite yoga pose? Oh, um, Trikonasana. Favorite day of the week? Favorite day of the week. Oh, boy. I know this isn't really quick fire. Um, uh, That's okay. Take your time. I like Fridays. Favorite vegetable? Oh, favorite vegetable. It's choosing Um, your children. Oh, my God. Uh. Favorite vegetable. Um, I like cucumber. Favorite I, feel, f- I feel bad saying that because I love so many vegetables, but cucumbers are very special, I think. <laughs> they have a special place in your heart. Favorite fruit? Avocado. Um, okay, this one's a little scenario. So it's 8 p.m. or something, and you've had a long day, and you're starving, and so what do you make slash do slash eat? I have a, a long day and I'm starving? Yeah. Um, well... Um, I make soup a lot, and now that it's now that it's you know getting warmer outside, I'm not making as much soup. But kabocha squash soup is like mm. the one of the most nourishing, amazing, and quick things for me to make. Yeah, you have a recipe for that on your blog, don't you? Yes, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll, good. we'll put that in the show notes for sure. <laughs> um, you okay? So you do so much cool stuff, right? What is your number one tip for staying organized to show up fully present for all of the things you do? Ooh, um, I wouldn't call myself organized <laughs> at all. I'm very <laughs> haphazard. But um, I think that the most important thing I can say to have to be have energy and clarity for doing these kind of things is to say no a lot. <laughs> um, I say no to anything that doesn't feel like a definite yes for me. And that gives me the like a lot of energy to do the things that are a definite yes. And if I say yes to something and it wasn't a definite yes, my energy plummets. So um, kind of clearing all the clutter of things that are just like seems like it could be a good opportunity but doesn't feel like that aligned. Like I get super, super clear with my intuition on what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. And I, I say no to almost everything that's presented to me. Yeah, so good. One of the tools from, from Gabby's new book is no is a complete sentence, right? Yes, yes. And I love saying no to stuff because it just gets you closer and closer to things you really want to be doing. So if there's an event or a conference or a whatever and it's like, okay, maybe everyone I know is going to it and maybe it seems cool but I don't really feel have the feeling that I should be there I say no I don't know why I'm just like I don't really feel like that's what I need to be doing yeah and that's it that's it yeah if it's not so. a hell yes it's a hell no right exactly and th- <laughs> yeah that's definitely the most important thing because I'm like yo you go you can I mean I read this actually in in Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week like years ago and he said like I only do things that I'm excited to do. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it was something along those lines. Yeah. Whatever it was, that's what I got from it, whatever he exactly said. But it was like, I, I only want to do things that I'm excited to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to live my life like that and yes. only do things that I'm, I'm genuinely excited to do and just say no to everything else. And it, that's what I do. Yeah, and a really great way to tune into that, I think, is just be like, yo, is this going to be fun? And if yeah. it's not, like, just then you've got your answer. Yeah, I mean, something. If I hear about something and it like lights me up on the inside, it's a yes. If it, if I'm like, eh, like it's just not worth it. Yeah, maybes so, are no's. I think. No, <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's what everything: relationships, yes. business projects, yes, parties, everything. Yes. Um, okay, so you probably have to do this a lot in your um, in your work. So, what is the um, number one? biggest nutrition misconception you feel like you're constantly having to clear up for people 
Oh, um, that's really good. I think I think the biggest thing, and I mean, people say this all the time, but is being afraid of fat. Yeah. Um, people I are. I knew always, you were going to say that. I you did. Intuition. I don't know why. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> well, it's always like it drives me so nuts when people are just like going bonkers with low fat products, and yep. you know, well, it's skim milk and low fat mozzarella and like low fat skinny cow sandwiches whatever like all these things i'm like ah, oh, ah, oh, because most of the time when people when you're taking the fat out of something you're either adding sugar into it um or some type of chemicals to make it taste better because yeah. fat is like what makes things taste good so i mean i don't know not being afraid of like avocado coconut like olive oil you know thing, yeah. like small amounts of nuts like things that are that are fats that come from nature it's like Yo, those were created for a reason. You know, exactly. we're supposed to eat them. Exactly. So I don't know things like things like fat-free, whatever. So 1980s. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so that would probably be the biggest one. Yeah, for sure. So going off that, um, where would you like to see holistic health and nutrition in, say, ten years? Hmm. Um, I would. I would. Ah, I would love kitchen on every corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think um, just to to kind of like change people's mindsets from um, from eating things that are like that are chemicalized processed foods, but are like supposed to make you lose weight or healthier, and having people really understand the concept of eating food that's food um i think that it's it's emerging more but i think that yeah i mean just getting transferring things from from the idea that that weight loss equals health i mean i think that's a big problem i think there's a big difference between being healthy and losing weight and people have this conception that something that makes you lose weight is what's healthy for your body and you know you can lose weight like eating skinny cow sandwiches all day probably you know if you're doing it in a certain way but that's not feeding your body the information that's gonna help your um genetics and your you know being disease prone and all of that um if I'm making sense by saying no, that. No, no, that totally makes sense. And um, I think shifting that paradigm will be really important. And it just reminds me, I don't know, do you watch Girls, Jenny? I, You know, I've only watched a couple of times, so I can't say that I'm super familiar. Okay. Well, I haven't, I'm not even like caught up or anything, but there's this one episode and it really spoke to this in the mainstream. And um, one of the characters was, you know, getting her coffee or whatever. And her boyfriend, she was putting the sweet and low in her coffee and her boyfriend was like, um, oh, that stuff's going to give you cancer. And she was like, oh, I know, but the other stuff's going to make me fat. And mm-hmm. I thought that that, like, it really, like, hit me like, oh, my God, maybe this convert, because it's clearly a satire, you know, it's, like, clearly making fun of the fact that that's what so many women do and um, or think. And I think it was really cool to me that this conversation is going mainstream and just kind of gives the um, – gives the fact that this is kind of where we're headed, which is really cool, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, so favorite meal you've eaten in, like, the last week? Oh, I'm, like, looking at my own Instagram right now <laughs> just to, <laughs> to remember. What have I eaten in the last week? Oh, on I Easter. I could probably tell you. I'm a little stronger. <laughs> um, on Easter, I made these um, 
these little egg muffins, the paleo egg muffins, and the recipe is on my blog. And they're yeah. literally my favorite thing ever because you can totally customize them. And so um, you just, it's literally just eggs and vegetables, nothing else, nothing else at all. Like you can, you know, line the muffin tins with, with coconut oil or whatever. Um, but I made a bunch of different kinds and I just keep them in the fridge and they're like these cute little like portable vegetable egg things and they're perfect I love them that's my favorite thing I've made in the last week and I've also been making this like awesome smoothie um where I put in greens like usually spinach or something and then coconut water and then I put probiotic powder in it and then drops of liquid vitamin d and um what else am I putting in it that's kind of like oh I'll put some MCT oil in it too and those, uh, or you can use coconut oil, but I'll, I'm, I'm getting into like kind of supercharging my smoothies with probiotic powder. That's something I learned from Dr. Lippman. Mm, that sounds super cool. Yeah, it's um, fun. <laughs> if you could have one superhero power for a day, what would it be? <gasps> um, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> not getting tired. <laughs> no, that would be super cool. Just having endless energy, that would be amazing. That would be super cool. Yeah, like not needing to sleep. I mean, I love sleeping, but how cool would that be if you could just keep on going? Yeah, that'd be Energizer Bunny. Energizer Bunny. <laughs> exactly. Um, what does your ideal day look like? Hmm. Ideal day. Oh, it's so different every day. But um, I think ideally, if I can exercise and create something that's my ideal day like I don't care what else happens but if I can write a blog and publish a blog and also exercise like that's my ideal day done I love that favorite movie oh (laughs) um I I like um I like kind of like sci-fi uh um like alternate reality type of movies (laughs) so I really love um Movies like Vanilla Sky and, like, Fight Club. Like, movies where whatever's happening is not, like, really what's yeah. happening. Or yeah, there's, like, yeah, a yeah. question as to, like, is this a dream or yeah, is no, this I'm real? Too. Those are my favorite movies. Yeah. Favorite book? Mm. Um, well, God, I literally I'm looking at a stack of, like, 300 books. Um. <laughs> My two favorite books, I will say, too, is um, Journey to the Heart by Melody Beattie because it's like a daily daily meditation. I don't know if you are familiar with it, but it is it is the book that I've had for years that I keep going back to, um, and it's been, like, such a help for me. And then um, <laughs> The Life You Were Born to Live by Dan Millman is another one of my favorite books. It's, it's numerology, and it's super trippy and weird, but it's really um, one of those books that you can go back to no matter how many times you've looked at it and you can find something new to help you with your life. So it's very powerful. Ooh, that looks, sounds super cool. Wrote that one mm-hmm. down too. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite song? Mm, favorite song. <laughs> These are questions are <laughs> making me dig deep. Um, we go deep here in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know that I have like a one favorite song. Um, We'll post the link to your Spotify. Oh, yeah, that. my Spotify. I have so many, so many songs that I'm obsessed with, so um, I can't give the, I can't give the, the, um, the award. It's okay. Just if, you think, if you think of it after this, we'll, we'll reassess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But, so. I mean, my favorite band is Fall Out Boy, if people weren't <laughs> aware of that. 
That's so, so funny. Anything anything by Fall Out Boy or Trevor Hall. Fall Out Boy and Trevor Hall. <laughs> Eclectic music taste. <laughs> um, oh my God. And Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh. You're killing me. You're so funny. Um, okay, cool. So last question that I ask everyone um, so as you know, the name of my blog and the name of this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So when I offer that term to you, Jenny, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? Mm, well, I'm picturing like Candyland, but like <laughs> <laughs> instead of candy, like green smoothies. <laughs> a green smoothie river instead of the chocolate one. <laughs> That's what comes to mind for me. But um, I think that a wellness wonderland um, is really a is really something that's about you as an individual. And um, I think, like we've been talking about on this entire call, um, to be pulling things from from places that inspire you and all the people that inspire you and all the experiences that inspire you, but um, ultimately, kind of alchemizing that into your own personal wonderland that has your own experiences mixed in with all the inspiration that you have and really following that path like following the path of your own heart following the path of your own health following the path of your own um intuition that is that's like the true wellness wonderland for for each person Mm, i love that honestly you know i really think of it as just a place where you can be authentic and and if there's a green smoothie river i mean that would be super (laughs) cool dive in (laughs) oh my god okay i can't stop laughing that was super fun um thank you so much everyone for listening and i will see you next week thanks katie jenny thanks for listening you made it all the way to the end i'll be back next week but until then let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.